The Nightingale by Samuel Taylor Coleridge A Conversational Poem Written in April 1798 Narrated by Dennis Daly No cloud, no relic of the sunken day Distinguishes the west No long, thin slip of sullen light No obscure, trembling hues Come, we will rest on this old mossy bridge You will see the glimmer of the stream beneath But hear no murmuring it flows silently o'er its soft bed of verdure. All is still, a balmy night. And though the stars be dim, yet let us think upon the vernal showers that gladden the green earth, and we shall find a pleasure in the dimness of the stars. And hark, the nightingale begins its song. Most musical, most melancholy bird. A melancholy bird? Oh, idle thought! In nature there is nothing melancholy, but some night-wandering man, whose heart was pierced with the remembrance of a grievous wrong, or slow distemper, or neglected love, and so, poor wretch, filled all things with himself, and made all gentle sounds tell back the tale of his own sorrows. He, and such as he, first named these notes a melancholy strain. And many a poet echoes the conceit, poet who hath been building up the rhyme when he had better far have stretched his limbs beside a brook in mossy forest dell by sun or moonlight through the influxes of shapes and sounds and shifting elements, surrendering his whole spirit, of his song and of his fame forgetful, so his fame should share in nature's immortality, a venerable thing. And so his song should make all nature lovelier and itself be loved like nature, but will not be so and youths and maidens most poetical, who lose the deepening twilights of the spring in ballrooms and hot theatres, they still, full of meek sympathy, must heave their sighs or Philomela's pity-ending strains. My friend, and my friend's sister, we have learnt a different law. We may not thus profane nature's sweet voices always full of love and joyance. Tis the merry nightingale that crowds and hurries and precipitates with fast thick warble his delicious notes, as he were fearful that an April night would be too short for him to utter forth his love chant and disburden his full soul of all its music. And I know a grove of large extent hard by a castle huge which the great Lord inhabits not. And so this grove is wild with tangling underwood, and the trim walks are broken up, and grass, thin grass, and kingcups grow within the paths. But never elsewhere in one place I knew so many nightingales, and far and near, in wood and thicket, over the wide grove they answer and provoke each other's songs, with skirmish and capricious passagings 
and murmurs musical, and swift jug-jug, and one low piping sound more sweet than all, stirring the air with such an harmony, that should you close your eyes, you might almost forget it was not day. On moonlight, bushes, whose dewy leafits are but half disclosed, you may, perchance, behold them on the twigs, their bright, bright eyes, their eyes, both bright and full, glistening, while many a glow-worm in the shade lights up her love-torch. A most gentle maid, who dwelleth in her hospitable home, hard by the castle, and, at latest eve, even like a lady, vowed and dedicate, to something more than nature in the grove, glides through the pathways. She knows all their notes, that gentle maid. And oft, a moment's space, what time the moon was lost behind a cloud, hath heard a pause of silence. Till the moon, emerging, hath awakened earth and sky with one sensation, and those wakeful birds have all burst forth in choral minstrelsy, as if one quick and sudden gale had swept an hundred hairy harps. And she hath watched many a nightingale, perched giddily on blossomy twig, still swinging from the breeze, and to that motion tune his wanton song, like tipsy joy that reels with tossing head. Farewell, O warbler, till tomorrow eve, and you, my friends, farewell, a short farewell. We have been loitering long and pleasantly, and now for our dear homes. That strain again, full fain it would delay me. My dear babe, who, capable of no articulate sound, mars all things with his imitative lisp, how he would place his hand beside his ear, his little hand, the small forefinger up, and bid us listen. And I deem it wise to make him nature's playmate. He knows well the evening star. And once, when he awoke in most distressful mood, some inward pain had made up that strange thing, an infant's dream. I hurried with him to our orchard plot, and he beholds the moon, and hushed at once, suspends his sobs, and laughs most silently, while his fair eyes, that swam with undropped tears, did glitter in the yellow moonbeam. Well, it is a father's tale, but if that heaven should give me life, his childhood shall grow up familiar with these songs, that with the night he may associate joy. Once more farewell, sweet nightingale. Once more, my friends, farewell.